I'm your host, Daniel Shopdoss, C70 of the Bat at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt, Red Bird, A Medlock One on Twitter. Recording this on Monday night because I was out of pocket the last week, out on vacation. And last Friday, had gotten up at four o'clock Eastern time or three o'clock Eastern time, I guess, driven all the way home. And as I told Alan, we might have started a show, but I probably wouldn't have finished it. <laughs> um, so, uh, and the weekend being what it was, we did do it a show today. We'll probably do another one Friday morning. Um, and so you'll get a double dose of us this week to make up for not having anything last week. Um, but, and Alan, you know, again, I was out, I wrote about this morning in a spot where at least the beginning of the week, I didn't have signal. Uh, you know, I'd get an update like, you know, middle of the night, if the wind shifted right, I might see a, a notification from MLB at, at, at bat. Um, but, you know, from what it looked like, you know, when I we, they get swept by the Cubs um, and they're six games back and I'm thinking we're in trouble here. Uh, they go out and sweep the Marlins in a series that was, eh, but they won it. And at the same time, what, Sandy, uh, Chicago and Milwaukee are kicking things around. Mm-hmm. So, and then they go and we'll lose two out of three or three out of four to the Braves. But right now, boy, they're a middle of the road team. They're a middle of the pack team that doesn't seem to be getting any traction. And yet they're only four games out from these other two teams that are kind of saving their bacon right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's just the yeah, National League Central. But yeah, you're right. You're, you hit the nail on the head. It, it was it was crazy. Oviedo pitched great into the fifth inning in the Friday game in, in yeah. Chicago. And it was awesome. And you're thinking, okay, he's turning a corner. Well, then the momentum starts. And then it just rolls downhill with that the, the crowds right on top of them. It it looks like it looked like the old time. And then Saturday and Sunday, the Cubs just looked like the better team. Without a doubt. It was Gant had trouble. Martinez had trouble. Right, no, Martinez actually pitched really yeah, well. He pitched really well. Yeah, he pitched really well until late, but you just kind of felt like they were holding on, you know, by a thread. And it was uh and that one was tough to watch, especially on Sunday night. You got to deal with that, you know, on ESPN, and and it, uh, you know, it was it was frustrating. Kind of, you turn around, you have the Marlins, kind of kick them around, but it's it never felt great. I didn't even even after the sweep. Most of the time, I'm like, okay, win the series. I feel pretty good about this. Let's see where they build from that. I didn't have any confidence going into Atlanta, and uh, which is sad to say because they've actually pitched fairly well and yep. you can and I, you kind of think okay well there, there's some signs but then the offense is dead and like you know like you and i have talked about and like everybody else has talked about it kind of feels like the last three years 
a lot of, you know, no momentum in the inning and you just can't get anything started. So you didn't miss much while you were gone, probably saved yourself a little bit of heartache and frustration, but <laughs> they are who they are right now. And it's frustrating. And it's one of those, I kind of, I kind of, I'm proud of myself because I, I just said, I'm going to batten down the hatches on this because there's not a lot of levers they can pull right now. And, uh, it's starting to show and you just kind of, kind of get lucky and, and hope that, uh, you know, they haven't had a great stretch of baseball and you hope that you see one here around the all-star break and make up some ground at that point. A lot of, get, a lot of the season left to go, but you know, a lot of improvements need to be made as well. Yeah. I mean, like you said, that, that Marlin series, you, you're right. You got a sweep. It had to be the most unsatisfying sweep that they've ever had because it's a team that, you know, the Marlins are sitting in last place in the East and it's a team you ought to, you know, do something against. Um, and it took them, you know, two walk-off hits and a eighth inning, uh, you know, tied to the eighth inning on the third game. You never, they didn't, the offense just wasn't there. And the offense hasn't been there. Um, you know, it's funny, they had the tweet out last night, Tara and I talked about it on Gateway last night, that, that stat that's out there where the, you know, the Diamondbacks have lost 17 in a row. And over that 17-game span, they've still outscored four teams, including the Cardinals. Um, and the Cardinals are only averaging three runs in that span. It's, you know, I think we can see that where there are problems. I don't know that I see where they're going to make solutions to that because, well, let's start in the infield. Let's start with Paul DeYoung. I know, you know, it's, it's a painful topic for you. I know, but we'll pull the the bandaid off. We'll get the first thing. So, um, you know, DeYoung has struggled. DeYoung has struggled for, you know, not just this year and not just coming off the DL or IL, but, you know, struggled last year and even in 19, uh, you know, had 30 homers, but didn't have much else to say for his game. Obviously his defense is there and obviously there's, there's value to him, but he's also under contract for the two years. And as much as they could probably upgrade there, it doesn't feel like that's a situation where they're going to look at upgrading. No, it, and it's it's kind of comes to like I said, I I'm kind of at wit's end on that situation as well, just because he is having at bats like Lane Thomas has had, where he just looks like he doesn't belong and looks completely uncomfortable. Um, and last night was really bad. It it says a lot when you're excited when he fouls off a liner, you know. And, and I told caught myself thinking, man, is this where really where we are? That I was excited that he lined that down, you know, down the left field line into the net. I'm like. This this stinks, and it's kind of it's kind of all the way around because you feel like that run differential is so poor that you look at you're going to have to have a Goldschmidt or and or if I, I probably both Goldschmidt and Arenado finally be the players that they are, and then some of these role guys fall into place. But you're not getting a lot of a lot of productivity out of anybody, and I feel bad for DeYoung because you wonder if he wouldn't have benefited from a longer rehab like you and I talked about, or if he wouldn't benefit from maybe going down for a little while just to refresh and hit down there and maybe pick some things back up. I know that's tough to say for, you know, a veteran and a, and a tip hole in your lineup, but, you know, things have got to change and they're going to have to figure out some ways to be creative to score some runs at this point. And, and I, you know, I hopefully I'll have egg on my face, but, they get lauded for their patience, but man, it can be tough sometimes. And you just wonder when they're going to wait this out too long. Yeah. It's a, it feels like a situation to me. Again, something we talked about last night that 
sometimes the front office gets a little too happy with their successes a little too early. Um, you know, they signed Paul DeYoung to a, a long-term contract right after that rookie season, which looked like it could have been a good bargain and you had him locked up and you, you thought you had shortstop taken care of, but there's a, st- there's a, a tweet out there from, uh, uh, birds on the Batleth, good Star Trek, uh, uh, Cardinal Max mashup. So, uh, uh, but uh, anyway, Paul DeYoung since May 1st of 2019. So we're looking at what, you know, two full years, basically. Of course, you factor in 2020 what it means. But since that time, since May 1st of 2019, he's hitting 205 with a 672 OPS and an 81 WRC+. Plus. You know, and that's a that's over close to 900 plate appearances. That's not a small sample. That's the majority of his career, honestly. Um, but it yet again, I don't see the Cardinals saying, "Look, we're going to go out and get a quite a Trevor Story or somebody in in the trade market or on the deadline, or even in the off season, and upgrade that." I think they're going to continue to wait it out. And you're right, that patience is great when it works because Tyler O'Neill showing it's a good thing that, you know, yeah. when it works, it's great, but w- there are times, and we've kind of said this a lot with, with Matt Carpenter, I think over the last year or so, it's like you could be waiting for nothing. And that's kind of where it's starting to feel like with Paul DeYoung that we're, they're waiting, but nothing's actually going to come out of it. Sure. I mean, it's, and it, it, that's frustrating because you do wonder I mean, we can talk about the lost cause that was 20, you know. All, right. I mean, that's just where we are. And I and sometimes I even forget about that. But, I mean, he had 30 homers and 30 doubles in 19. And you just wonder where the drop-off happened. You know, it, and it's funny. It's uh, – I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's tough to say because I was thinking, man, if he could get back to 20 homer, 20 doubles, out of the, I mean, you could live with the, the low average as long as he puts those power numbers up if he's hitting lower in the lineup. And the stars are being stars. I said, you're going to be really good if that's the case. That's a player that if you took his name off of it with those kind of numbers, that's somebody you would probably want in free agency. You know, that's similar to what they're going to be looking for if they were to, to move on, you know. So it, it's rough. And you just kind of wonder what happened to where that production fell off to where, you know, he lost a little bit of his power. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 tough and it's a, it's a, it's a rough situation. I will say, yeah, interestingly enough, I just pulled up his 2019 game log just to see. And that first month of the season, he hit five of his home runs, which is about normal. He hit 14 of his doubles in that first month. Yeah. Um, so it really did factor off. Now, when did he have – he had a, a hand issue, right? Didn't he get hit in the hand at one point in time? I think so. Yeah, um, and uh, that would make a lot of sense. It would, but I was looking. I don't see it in nineteen. So it maybe I mean that doesn't explain the the tail off for nineteen at least um, after that first month where he was he was on fire that first month. Um, I don't see at least I don't see a, a disabled list yeah. stint um, right in there. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of him. You're right. It's it's it is to the point now where if he makes contact, you think it's a good at bat. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's frustrating. I mean, I know they continue to shift him down to what, I think you've got to hit in seventh or so now, but, uh, and I think he might've even hit eighth one time recently, although I'm not hundred percent sure of that. No, I think uh, you're right. Um, 
But yeah, I, I don't get why they rushed him back. I mean, it's one for 10 in Memphis. You know, it's not that he was hitting so well and they figured, okay, all he needed was just to see a few live pitches. I mean, he could have used a, you know, yeah. a little bit more time, even another, you know, what, four or five games down there, maybe. But, you know, we've talked about it before. They don't use those rehab ex- um, assignments like we feel like they should. It's like, okay, you played a game. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you get two games in and then you're coming home. And that just doesn't seem right to me. No, and we've talked about this with probably five players. You know what I mean? At least. And it's funny that Larry Beinfest was on with uh, Danny Mack last week during the Marlins series. And he made made several comments along the lines of people really look up to – to Mo and Gersh because they're willing to be patient, patient when other guys aren't. He said they're never going to rush into a bad decision. He said that's a lot of the re- that's that's a lot of the uh, reasoning why the Cardinals are where they are with the longevity and that they they've never had the big uh, the big valleys. You know what I mean? It stayed pretty steady. But you look at these situations and you can't convince me that they didn't rush DeYoung back because it was Chicago and it was Wrigley. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. sure oh, there yeah. may be an answer they have given, but I, I'm, I won't believe it. I will tell you that. And you just wonder how much of a disservice it was to rush him back, go down there and, and play on a, uh, you know, on a, uh, and there may not be a bats. I don't know, but you think they would find some for him, and yeah. and I'm saying oh, yeah. in Memphis, and it's one oh, of yeah. those. And I know that sounds stupid, but I'm just, you know, there's a log jam. I think it, you know, at the top levels, but the. Um, yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't seem to have done him much of a, a favor, and I feel the same way about Lane Thomas. You know, and you watch, they'll probably let Williams just destroy Memphis for two months. That's a little, and I didn't even realize until I happened to see a Derek Gould tweet that indicated that Williams had been you know taken off his rehab and and actually sent to Memphis. He's actually there as a member of the team instead of on a rehab assignment. That. Boy, that really surprised me a little bit. You're right. I mean, what if anybody has shown, I think that, I don't know. It's hard to tell because he, you know, Williams struggled so much at yeah. the major league level too, but I don't know that Memphis does him any good. Um, you know, and, and, you know, they haven't used Lane Thomas basically at all. Sure. No, that's, um, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, they let him pinch hit or every once in a while, but that's about it even. Um, but you know, and now that they've got Tommy Edmund playing in the outfield again, um, it just feels like if they were going to make a move offensively, finding some sort of quality outfielder, third slash fourth outfield a guy that can play third play the outfield now but you can kind of rotate maybe if harrison bader makes it back which bader seems to be kind of being delayed and coming back anyway um it just feels like that would be a lot you know somebody some sort of veteran bat i don't have no idea who it would be but just some sort of bat that you could at least rely on to hit 250 or you know with you know some some power uh, some doubles, some homers, you know, here yeah. and there. N- nothing, nothing at all starish, but something that's a little bit reliable. A little and, bit of certainty. That's um, yeah. we yeah, we've talked about that a ton. Yeah, and I don't know. Again, maybe those guys aren't out there. Yeah, it feels like they should be. I mean, because you could go get a guy, and I'm not. I'm not suggesting 
you know, but we're talking about, we talked earlier um, in the year about Jed Jerko, you know, a guy mm-hmm. that's been out of the game, but, you know, maybe could come back, you know, and they, they didn't want to do that with pitching because it would take too long to build them up. But a hitter, especially a guy that played in 2020, that may not, may just didn't get a team somewhere along the way, you know, he could be back in form probably with a week in Memphis, you know. Um, so I don't, you know, that's not as much of a drawback. Again, I don't know where those guys are, um, if there are any, but I really would like to see them do something because this offense needs a jolt. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's sad to say that we're pretty much in the same spot we were last year mm-hmm. after adding Nolan Arenado and letting Dylan Carlson play all year. Um, this, this offense is still, still struggling and, you know, that does start to bring into the, you know, if depending on how much you believe on a pitching or a hitting coach matters, then it does start to open up that idea of maybe there's a time to, to make a change there. Well, yeah, no, I agree with that. And, and I'm not a big fire someone or move somebody or anything like right. that quickly. I don't, I never really feel that way. But you do wonder when that shoe's going to drop because that would seem like be, that would be the one that that would move and make it mm-hmm. and be the shakeup. But I but I felt like Atlanta. It seemed like the same things we had seen for three years. You know, there's absolutely no momentum. They're they're not really a fun team to watch, and it's uh, that's tough to say because I thought Arenado would have changed that completely. Yeah, and it's uh, and that's an that's an ugly situation, and you, you do kind of wonder what move they can make. I mean, there's not many lever, levers left to pull. I mean, they, I think that I feel like there could be some lineup switches and some things, and we may see that starting in Detroit or when they get back home, but, but yeah, you, you do wonder if they, that would be the one thing that they could shake up. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Newt Barr do well at Memphis. You know, I don't know that he's done enough or has enough under his belt to make you think that he can make that jump, but maybe it's time to figure that out. Um, maybe that's that extra outfielder, you know, we were looking at a veteran, but maybe even just somebody that can come in and, you know, hold their own, maybe enough. I don't know. Um, there's not, but it doesn't feel like there's that much else in the minor leagues that people are just clamoring to see, you Mm -hmm. know, it's not, it's not like Carlson last year. It's not like, you know, Reyes and, you know, some of these other guys that, we've really wanted to see that have done so well in Memphis that we just need, you know, they need to be promoted and why aren't they being called up? Radio Rosarena from a couple of years ago. Um, so they haven't, they don't have that, you know, star power quite yet. I mean, there's some talk about Thompson and Libertor, but those guys even seem like they're a ways away. Although I did get confused this weekend when I was yeah, that, I, when you said that I, I was like that has to be what he's talking about so. yeah because I saw Zach Thompson and, and it even yeah. saw where it and I forget you know Zach is I think K with the uh, <sighs> Cardinals and there's a Zach Thompson with an H at the, the Marlins but uh, he was about to make his debut and I was like how did he get to the major league what the heck I missed that and uh, yeah wrong wrong team um, but you know there's there's guys that there just doesn't seem to be that depth that they've had in the past to be able to go get They're They're using all they can. And I don't, I mean, it doesn't sound to me like anybody's that close to returning. I mean, um, 
Michaelis and Flaherty are both probably what August it sounds like. Um, I haven't heard anything about Jordan Hicks as of late. Maybe I missed something. Uh, and Harrison Bader, well, they kind of thought he'd be back, I think, by now. And it's seeming like it'll be – I don't know. Was there any update on him recently? It seems like it's – I think Hayes had done one, but I can't remember if it was anything substantial. I, mean, I think that it's one of those light baseball activities, but we're being patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, he's going to have – I mean, when we say this, but yeah. you figure he's going to have a few games in Memphis too, so it's probably – you know, at best. Yeah, those two at bats on a Thursday will get him ready for a Friday series. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Especially, uh, especially uh, when they go to Colorado or something yeah. like that. So, but, I mean, there's a good chance he won't be back until, you know, actually in the major leagues till after the All Star break. I would think, and that might be a little bit much, but All Star break's not that far off either. Um, so, it feels like they need to do something, but. You know, we saw the quote this week from John Mosaylock, which he said basically, "We probably we might do something, but we're not focused on having to win in 2021." And that's probably a little bit of a paraphrase that yeah. may not get quite. But on one hand, I get that. You're right. I mean, this is not a team that we said World Series or bust before the season started. Um, on the other hand. It feels like they've said that since yeah, 2013. Yeah. Um, they've never had a team that they want to push all the way in on. And you're looking at a team, you know, you're getting great stuff out of Yachty and, and Wainwright, and you might not have that next year. Um, I don't know. I, I, but then again, <laughs> continue to flip the other side. There's so many holes that it's hard to say. We're going to go fill all these holes and make a real run when you've got teams like the Dodgers and the Padres out there that could knock you out of the first round with that without breaking a sweat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's funny. That's, it seemed like a little bit of posturing to me and, uh, but maybe that seemed too obvious. So I kind of overthought it, but, but you're right. I was thinking, is this not the fifth or sixth year we've heard that we're not going to salvage the future? I mean, you said there's a gap. I mean, what's, what's the future? That's kind of what I wonder, you know, it's, uh, you know, is Ed Goldschmidt, what is he, 35 this year? Uh, I don't think he's quite that old. Let me pull that up. Let's see. I have, yeah. Um, I mean. He's, he's in his 30s. Yeah. The, uh, uh, well, computer would have to run. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I I, I have the tab up. <laughs> checking scores out, you know. Yeah. The, uh, uh, 30, he's 33. He'll be 34 in September. Okay. I said 34, 35. I'm sorry. The um yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, that that answer does get a little tiresome, and maybe we'll be surprised this year. I, I can't imagine making that trade in the offseason and setting back. I mean, I understand I understand where, where they're coming from and why salvage it for this year. I just I can't imagine they just hold tight, you know, at the, at the deadline or anytime sooner. I'm, I'm, part, I'm surprised that the LeBlanc deal didn't happen until Atlanta. I thought yeah. that that would be the kind of guy they would get right away. And maybe they had been circling it knowing that he was going to be released. I don't know. Speaking of which, I, I I fully intend to see him start at some point. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think the fact that he went three innings um, on yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Saturday or Friday night. Yeah, right? just right the day after he got there. Yeah. Um, I think that tells a lot. Yeah, that they're probably they, – they, 
want him stretched out. I, I mean, welcome God. it. I mean, I, I mean, I, it, it, that sounds terrible, but that's just kind of how I feel about the rotation. Well, I mean, it can't hurt to do it every once in a while. I don't think I'd want him in the regular rotation because, I mean, he pitched three scoreless innings against the Braves, but there were a few balls that were in a different ballpark might have gone out. Uh, now, granted, if he starts at home, he's probably in good shape because he can get fly balls all day long and they're not going anywhere. Um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, you're right. It's to the point where if you need a spot start, I think you'd rather him than, you know, Woodford or Ponce de Leon, I think. I would think um, Woodford and, and LeBlanc are probably the next two in line. That's just the feeling I get. Maybe so. Um, I do worry. I mean, LeBlanc's been like, I don't know if you see, I saw his, uh, travel itinerary for this year. Um, you know, he, uh, he was an Oriole. Um, he was sent down to their alternate site and he elected free agency. The Brewers signed him to a minor league deal and then released him. The Rangers signed him, uh, to a minor league deal and then just released him. And now the Cardinals have signed him. So, um, he's played for, you know, four teams this year or four organizations, um, which, which may be telling as well. That's a lot but, of experience. Uh, it's just, it's just true. <laughs> um, so, um, I, you know, again, you're not going to get anything. You're not getting, you know, lightning in a bottle. I don't think you're going to get the old Dave Duncan magic work in here, you know, where you get the Joel Panero. That's terrible. And then he comes in and he's a, you know, a key guy for a year or two. I don't think you'll see that. But. I can hold on to my Chuck Finley dreams here, Kim. You know what I mean? Come on. This <laughs> is true. Although Finley, I think, was not too bad for nah, the game. Yeah. So that was, that was part of it. But um, but I think he can definitely be serviceful, and I think he can definitely fill in that gap better than, than some. And, and maybe he's a, you know, again, we'll have to wait and see how he does. You know, and his track record doesn't, let's, let's be fair, doesn't, indicate that he's going to be anything more than a replacement arm. But, you know, if we can even get him to be a guy that you can pitch when you're down a run or two and keep it that way, yeah, you know, kind of like what the, you know, we saw Helsley do that last night um, and did it well. He came in and struck out three batters and um, kept it a one to nothing game. Um, you know, if you could keep it like that, I mean, they need some of that, right? I mean, they need to be able to keep a game close without having to use, Gallegos or Reyes mm-hmm. or maybe even Cabrera and to do it um, because those guys are going to need rest. And it's been so often that anybody else they throw out there, the run, it becomes a four run game or a five run game. <laughs> um, so being able to, even if he's able to just, you know, hold the line a little bit, that could be valuable as well. Yeah. I mean, it, how, how surprised are you that the bullpen, bullpen is as bad as it is? I'm pretty surprised. I am too. That's that's how I felt. I felt like that'd be a strength. Now, you know, I think the balance really didn't get thrown off with Hicks being hurt. Yeah. Because, um, you know, when we come into the season, you think, okay, well, you've got Hicks as the closer and you've got Reyes that's going to be pitching an inning or two and, you know, late gainings and Gallegos is going to be good. And you, you thought Cabrera and Helsley would be pretty strong. And um, I don't know, you know, I don't, we kind of thought we thought, of course, we wanted to see John Gant out there because that been another, you know, and he probably would have been had, had people been healthy. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I'm been surprised, you know, because Tyler Webb shouldn't have been as bad as he was. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, and 
Jake Woodford shouldn't be seeing the innings that he is seeing. Um, and, you know, Andrew Miller's pitched better since he's come back from the injured list. You know, the bullpen right now doesn't feel like quite as much of a problem as it was, you know, a month ago. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And it it's, yeah, I, yeah, all the you're right. I I wonder about the the Gant situation. Where how much we factored that in because we thought, oh, he'd be deadly in the back of the bullpen. That's that's sure. Again, probably where he belongs. And and uh, yeah, I mean, pitching all all around, I feel like it's bit, has has greatly improved starting in Chicago. Yeah, and that's now you know the the focus is on the, the on the bats. But but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's funny that my first reaction we bring up Helsley. I was like, oh, you know, a little cringy there. You know what I mean? But he's got him out of a few jams recently. It makes you feel a little bit yeah. better about it. You just kind of wonder about overuse. And that's yeah, going to happen to a young guy a little bit. And that's going to be the case with pretty much everybody yeah. out there. I think you have to worry about them getting a little bit too used. You know, Helsley's been on a run. I looked at it this morning, you know, five innings in a row. Um, or, you know, five scoreless innings right now. Um, he's going to have a game or two that he blows up, I think, but you know, most everybody does. Um, and he's just got to keep it down. You know, he had that bad stretch in May, but you know, since June came along, he's, let's see, 245 ERA in the month of June. Um, and he's not striking out as many. Now yeah. that is, and we saw that with Oviedo on the game against the Marlins, right? He only struck out like four. Um, Helsley's got four strikeouts here in seven and a third innings in the month of June, um, three of which came last night. Um, but is there, do you think maybe they're trying to change up how they're doing it and, you know, not necessarily go for the strikeouts as much, but, you know, try to have a little bit more, not throw as hard maybe, and have a little bit more command on their ball. Um, and, See if the that or is it everybody gave up on their sticky stuff? Well, I, enough and it's being I, hit now. I felt like you could really tell with Oviedo that that was the case, you know, because the day game he pitched at home was really, really good. I mean, he looked really effective. I hadn't really noticed much with Helsley, honestly. In a lot of the Helsley games so far, I've kind of checked out on him. Yeah, you know I mean, I know that sounds yeah. terrible, but you're just like, man, this is this is lifeless. You know, not that I turned it, but, you know, my phone's probably in my hand at the, at the time, and I right. hadn't really noticed much of the uh, velocity dip or whatnot. Right. But uh, the Oviedo start, you you really could. You, he he seemed more dialed in without it. And there's and I think, boy, it feels to me like when I've watched the team this year, and again, I don't know about recently. Um, maybe that's just because of being – out for a week and, and not having a chance to watch as much. And I, I forget about it, it's, but it feels like, you know, they throw so much stuff that moves and they throw it so hard that it's never that close to the zone. And if they could just ease back on it a little bit, they might be able to get stuff in the strike zone a little bit better. And, you know, if nothing else to put it in the play, cause that defense behind them is good. You know, um, you know, getting strikeouts is good too. But if you're throwing it 97, but you don't know where it's going versus 94 and it's going to get, you know, at least put into play, yeah. you know, on hit, you know, ground balls or whatever the case may be, you know, I think you, you tone it back because, you know, that's where the, I feel like that's where the Cardinal bullpen is and, and Cardinal starters in general. 
this year have really just been the problem is just the walks. You know, if you could cut down on the walks and the, you know, the hit by pitches and stuff like that, you know, they're not, they're still not great, but I don't think there's that much angst about them because they're just like a normal bullpen. Then. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's, and you, I mean, you're the, you, that you, you brought up the biggest crush they have is that they can't throw strikes at times. Yeah. You know, that's, and that'll kill you. I mean, that's the, you, we've seen that out of the starters and the bullpen and it's, it's just debilitating. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, how many times have we seen them, you know, you'll put two runners on to start at inning, yeah. you know? And I mean, you put a runner, putting one runner on to start inning is something, but if you put two runners on, I mean, it's almost impossible to get out of that without giving up at least one run. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, in big league baseball, especially late inning guys, yeah, without a doubt. I remember um, reading a book uh, back, maybe still that minute workbook I've referenced before, yeah, um, with George Will and talking to Oral Hershiser and talking about how he didn't want to walk batters. Um, he said because if you walk a guy, of course, this is back in the eighties when he's talking about this, so the, the the play is a little bit different. But if you walk a guy. You know, he gets moved over to second. Well, you know, most every pitcher gives up a hit at inning. Well, you've already got a runner at second. Where's your hit at inning going to come from? You know, here, you know, that hit comes, you've given up a run. Um, whereas if, you know, you give up a hit with nobody on, then it's a different story. So I mean, the pit's not a home run. Sure. Um, and I think that's the Cardinals have done that. They just, you know, they've put runners on and then given up a big hit and, you know, it snowballs from there. Um, it's making a snowball. And as we talk about the pitching and stuff like that, Carlos Martinez, like you said, you talked about earlier, he had a really good game against the Cubs, two, two runs and what, six innings or something like that. Kept him in the ball game and then blew up against the, the, uh, the Braves in another situation where what it looked to me. And I was, I think that was the night that I had just driven in. And so I was only maybe halfway paying attention, but you know, there's a play, uh, you know, gives up a base hit, the run scores, but they cut off the, you know, try to get the runner at second instead of trying to get the runner at home. Yeah. And he's throwing his hands up like, why aren't you kind of get this guy? And then he like the next guy hits a home run. It still feels like after all this time, after we've talked about this forever, he still has the same issues with, focus that idea if something goes wrong it snowballs quickly yeah well and that's what happened there was a 3-2 pitch that was 50-50 at best if not a strike and he never recovered I mean after yeah. that after he didn't get the call and the body language completely changed and it, and it got a, it, it went it went south fast mm-hmm. and that is uh you know that's going to be the death nail in the relationship I feel like you know what I mean now I mean not that they would make any changes this year, but but you know how you and I kind of go back and forth on man when he's good, he's really good, and it'd be it'd be nice to keep him around. Now next next year may be at may a necessity to pick up an option. I don't, I would be surprised, but I'm not sure. But I mean that's just it. I mean you could see the un- unraveling happen after that call, and you know what I mean. And it, and it never he never recovered. Yeah, I don't. You're right. I think there's been times we talked about it. I think maybe last year. Definitely, I think at the beginning of this year, maybe, where it looked like he had he'd done enough to earn that option being picked up. I mean, it's not an unreasonable price; it's a pretty good price for a good pitcher. But I, you're right; I don't see how they pick it up now um, because they don't know what they're going to get from him. Um, I'm trying to find it here. 
Yeah, because I saw some stats, and this is this isn't exactly what I saw, but it's uh, it, it tells the same type of story. Um, when he's in games, he's won. He's three games that he's won. He's got a two sixty six ERA uh, and a one point oh eight two WHIP, and in no decisions, he's got a three seventy five uh, ERA and a point seven five WHIP. I mean. If it's if he's focused, he's pitching well, and he's going to either win or no decision. With the losses, he's zero and eight, a nine eighty four ERA. Um, you know, it just it does it just blows up on him. I mean, if you can get him through the third inning, probably with no runs allowed, you're probably going to have a good game. But yeah. the problem is, those he doesn't are, necessarily get there. Yeah, and those early innings are the ones that hurt him the most. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's 0 4 with a 15 34 ERA in June. So that's, uh, and that does, I mean, he's had so many blow, I mean, bad blow ups. I mean, yeah. That Dodger game, I said Dodger game's going to skew everything in a small sample. No, they, I, I've, that affected the bullpen. I mean, that, I mean, that, that was yeah. bad. I mean, having to eat up all those innings, you could really tell that how tired they were. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, and then, I mean, what he did, he pitched what four innings maybe on on friday um i don't think he made it through the fifth um before they turned it over to woodford uh yeah it was four innings for him and two innings for woodford and three innings for i guess three three two and three i guess for leblanc for that game so he don't you know he didn't make it through that i, I don't know i'd have to look at his game log but it feels like yeah, he's either going to go six or seven, or he's going to go two. Um, there's not much. There's not much in between. Yeah, that, and that's rough. I mean, especially that that would alleviate a ton of the bullpen problems if they didn't have to cover so many innings. And and, and I think that, I mean, is do you think that that any kind of inconsistency is worse? I mean, if you knew that you were only going to get four or five innings out of him every time out, maybe you plan a little differently. But you know. But- yeah. Like I said, he went these last three starts. He went four. He went seven. He went three. Well, that's uh, a good question because I feel like that's how they handle Kim. Yeah, like they expect to get four or five out of him, and then let's figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're thinking, "Hey, we need somebody that'll eat some innings," but as he's never really proven to be that over his career, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's thrown. But see, that's the thing. I mean, he had the three innings, three game stretch earlier in the year where he went six, seven, and a third, and eight. Um. He can do it. He went seven against the Cubs. Yeah. He can do it. He just can't do it regularly. And, you know, he's given up six in one game, five in one game, ten in one game, five in one game, eight in one game this year. I mean, that's five starts where he's given up five or more runs. That, I mean, you just can't do that. Yeah. And, but I don't, I don't, again, I don't see an option for them. Yeah. I can't move him to the bullpen, I don't think, because I don't have anybody to take a spot and I don't let he be any better out there. And, you know, you can't release him now. You pick, like I say, you don't pick it up at the end of the year, but I don't think you release him here in the middle of the stuff. And even again, you still got to find somebody to fill those spots. It's not like you've got, you know, four top prospects that are sitting there just ready to go in Memphis. You don't have that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, there are some names in Memphis that I'm surprised that we haven't seen yet, and not necessarily the big ones. But but yeah, they haven't been as active in the in the bullpen as I thought they would. 
I guess mm-hmm. because they feel like they have so much strength in the back that they haven't had to pull they pull the plug on that many people yet, other than you know the middle innings guys that have been just destroyed by short starts. But right. you know, I, I'm not sure. You're right. I mean, I I couldn't name a guy that I felt like would come up and be effective, other than just getting a, a seeing a Parsons getting a getting a shot after what he did in spring. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably about it too. I mean, um, nobody else just stands out down there. Um, they sure didn't give Rondo much of a look. That that was a little bit surprising to me as well. I didn't realize that he had gone down no. recently with when Kim came up, but I don't know how he only got you know <laughs> two innings out of all this stuff. How did they not at least let him go two or three and see what they have with him because? You know, they. I mean, they were fortunate that they didn't need an extra starter when Kim went down, that they had an off day in there and it didn't, they were just able to kind of juggle around and not worry about it. But yeah, I don't, I really am surprised. I don't really know why they didn't let Rondon pitch a little bit more. Yeah, I did. it's a good question. And he was a, he actually get a little, slightly effective. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. And I don't know what the plan is on those, but it, it, I mean, it's frustrating. You know, you're thinking, all right, let's give this guy a look and we're searching for innings and he goes back down immediately. And I mean, I get it. He goes down to start, but I mean, it, it's still a little frustrating, and a little puzzling. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not necessarily torn up Memphis this year. I mean, he's got, he's 0-3 with a 470 ADR right down in AAA, but yeah, I just, I mean, he did look good in his first couple of innings and, you would have thought that it would have tried to at least give him three or at least one outing that was two or three innings. Uh, and maybe they wanted to, and they just couldn't find the time or they didn't have a, you know, a blow up at the right spot. You know, if he had been up, you know, on Friday, would he, or on Friday, would he have gotten to, to pitch, you know, those last two or three innings instead of LeBlanc? I don't know, but I, I don't, you know, they didn't have to add him to the 40 man. So it wasn't like they, kind of wasted a maneuver, but um, that just, that seemed weird to me because I, I thought when they called him up that we would see more out of him and, and maybe we still will. I mean, now that they've broken the seal on it, you know, maybe if they need somebody though, that's their first choice. But um, that was a little bit weird. Yeah. And a lot of, we've said this a lot about some of their moves recently. Yeah. So we've gotten a lot of that. <laughs> I mean, no. I don't know. I mean, it, it, we've talked a lot about needing a shakeup in the organization. And we said that even before Mike Matheny. I think it goes back there. So, you know, once that happened, that was something. But, you know, it still feels like a stagnant team. Um, and, you know, last year they weren't much over 500. They were, you know, short season and you take everything. And, and what they did was pretty remarkable, I think given all their circumstances, but they were up, you know, 31 and 28 or whatever it was. Um, so I don't know. And, you know, I, I just, I just don't know what to do. And I don't know that John Mosellock knows what to do. Um, he's not going to go out, and, but that patience is, I think just going to burn them some, um, and again, they're fortunate they play in the division they play in. They're fortunate that the Cubs can stub their toes and the Brewers can stub their toes and the Cardinals can stay within like four games. Um, 
with absolutely no reason. Because, I mean, if they were in, what, any other division except for the NL East, they'd be six or seven games back probably. Yeah, I mean, that run um, differential is scary. Yeah. Or I mean, half. You know, negative 32 now. They're the second worst team in the division. And the only other one that's worse is Pittsburgh. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're not going to look the same in a month. No. No, and some of that's a little bit skewed just because they do get those games that get away from them late yeah. and get ugly. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's it is hard to get excited about the opportunities with this team um, because I mean, if they went out and traded for Max Scherzer tomorrow, that'd be great. But I don't know that it would solve their problem either. Well, except for the fact that Max Scherzer's hurt. But you know what I'm saying. Sure. You know, getting a big stud in here on the pitching side or on the offensive side, but, you know, I don't think would solve their problem. It would make them better, and maybe it'd be enough to push them to a division title just because of the division. But, you know, I don't know that anybody's going to be printing World Series tickets. Yeah, it's... And like, and you're right. I mean, I could tell you it was kind of a loss for words to kind of fit, to explain what's going on, and and you know we're beating a dead horse. We, it seems like we we've, t- we've talked about this all the time, and we hope that we can laugh it off in a couple of weeks around the break when they're playing really well and, and getting and get really get going. But I mean, I'm not so certain that the signs are there that that's going to happen. Um, it's like at this point right now, it's going to take your studs to be in studs, and and. I kept thinking after the 0 for 20 and then the, the home run on uh, game one on Sunday, I kind of thought, okay, they're going to get on track now. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, then you see what happens where, you know, the Acuna, Acuna, the Acuna homer, it was a, you know, you know when it was over. When that happens, you're just like, that's one run. And it feels like nine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just an ugly situation. Yeah. And they didn't – I don't think it did them any favors really to play – the two shortened games. I mean, it helped because Wayne and I got to pitch a complete game, but they'd have won that game anyway. You wonder if that game, that Sunday night game would have been a little bit different if it had been nine innings. Yeah. And, Probably not. But. Well, and you know, it's, it's funny too, because you, you knew you felt bad when it became a doubleheader because the a one, that was the two pitches you probably wanted to count on the most that the Cardinals were yeah. starting. Yeah. But it's tough to sweep a doubleheader on somebody's home field. Yeah. You know, it's a, and then, so that, that, that may have made it worse. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, the Cardinals, you know, Mike Schultz said they're, they're about to get hot. And Adam Wainwright said, you know, after game one, yeah, that, that unexpected day off, I think that really helped us out. You know, if they had been able to sweep Sunday, maybe I'd believe yeah. some of that stuff, you know, in the day off today. Um, but to go out there and, and you know score nothing against Drew Smiley, who has struggled, um, you know, I, I don't think you can. I don't know where you can believe any of that. You know, it's just like now momentum is there is no such thing as momentum, which we've talked about for years. Um, but this team isn't isn't on that groove. I mean, you know, it's a lot different team. It feels like than the team that won what six in a row back in April and took the division lead. Uh, Ever since then, it's been a pretty much a 500 team. You know, they're kind of, you know, they drop a blow it, they'll get right back up, you know, back to it, might go up over it, drop back down to it. But I mean, I, it's hard to, 
it's hard to imagine this team getting on much of a run just because, I mean, you don't trust anybody on the pitching staff except for Wainwright for the most part. Not that people can't win, but you don't necessarily expect them to. Yeah, that's that. And I hate to feel that way about Gant and Martinez, but I did. You know, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm like, God, just count what you can get out of them and, and, and go from there. And it's one of those to where – Honestly, whenever I don't, when I see Oviedo is not starting, I feel a little less confident. But that tells you, that may tell you everything you need to know right there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something, and and I do, I do think. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? You've been more optimistic on Gantt than I have, but it feels to me like that regression has started to come, and it may be ugly for a little while until he kind of gets a little bit more luck in his corner. Well, I, I thought that he was a very serviceable five when you needed him as a five. He's l- less serviceable as a three, maybe a two, <laughs> Yeah, you know, in your rotation. And I think that that's a, I think that's a problem. And, you know, I can make it pointed out to where, Hey, it's not gonna matter where he pitches. He still stinks. Cause he walks too many guys and didn't strike out anybody. But I felt like that was serviceable where it was until someone else was ready. And now to where they are to where, I mean, he may start all year because they don't have any other options. Unless they go make yeah. a move outside the organization. And, and uh, I hope to see that for his sake as well. And to maybe fortify the bullpen just to kind of go from there and, and be a reset. And, and we've seen him be successful out there. And that's kind of what I hope happens. But uh, it, at this point, it's just keep your head above water and hope that you get the uh, the Atlanta start as opposed to the Chicago start. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, if you can get three, if you can get him to quality, three runs out of six innings, you take that all day long. Or even three runs at five innings, I think you'd take it. But, um, yeah, I, you know, it's we've gone a long way from, you know, Gant looking like he was on his way out of the rotation because Miles Michaelis was coming back to – now, you know, no Miles Michaelis, no Jack Flaherty for a while, no uh, KK. Um, and you're right. He's having to be like that middle of the rotation guy. And that's that's really not who he is. No, no. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, boy, it's easy to throw your hands up right now just to kind of figure out some answers, but it's tough. Yeah, it is. Well, hopefully the Cardinals win – the series against the Tigers, and then we come back, um, and they'll get the. Let's see, do they have a? They'll have another game between. Let's have Tuesday, and Wednesday with the Tigers, Thursday with the Pirates before we record again on Friday morning. Uh, three games against really bad teams, which is good. I mean, if nothing else, the Cardinals are doing what they're supposed to do against bad teams. They're really beating up on those. They just aren't able to take care of anybody that's you know above five hundred, and that's that's the problem. If they could hold their own against the five hundred teams, they'd be in much better shape. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you win the games you're supposed to. You feel pretty good about it, but then that tide's kind of turning to where the Cardinals are the team that you feel like you can beat. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, yeah, you get down here, and you've got the Tigers for two, you get the Pirates for four, then you get the Diamondbacks for three. And if the Diamondbacks haven't won by the time they come into St. Louis, it's going to be really, really frustrating when they win. You know, yeah. game you hope that they could just put it on Milwaukee this week and be done with it. Yeah, I mean, you hope that they they win Milwaukee, um, but then they they're at home for Milwaukee. They got to go to uh, they go to somewhere before they yeah. come to St. Louis. Uh, I just, I, that, I well, I know what are they three of their last thirty eight period. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think so I yeah. think that um, what they've lost twenty three in a row on the road. Yeah, right. 
Um, yeah, and that their last win was against the Mets on the first. The win before that was against the Cardinals, uh, which is you know kind of scary. I don't. We watched that Diamondbacks team, you know, when the Cardinals were in Arizona, and and the Cardinals, you know, yeah, they won three out of four, but. I didn't feel like they were just like historically bad. No, Did you? no, no, not really. I mean, it's uh, it, you just it, it's funny how how poor how quickly can things can fall apart. I was looking at their offense because I was thinking of veteran outfielders. When I hear that, Peralta is one of the first names right. that pops to right. mind. But then I was looking at Marte as well, and I was like, they've had decent seasons. But and I was looking at the lineup, and I was like, they've all had decent seasons. How can they be so bad? So I didn't look at the pitching side. I'm assuming that has to uh, has to be a lot of it. Yeah, it's got to be some of it because, like you said, I mean, we t- we said a while ago, seventeen. They, there's four teams they've outscored in this run of seventeen losses. So there's, I mean, they're averaging in these seventeen games. I think it was close to uh, three and a half, maybe a little over. So it's yeah, they're not you know necessarily just hitting the ball terribly well but they will do well enough i have a feeling you know they what they lost that last game against the dodgers what nine to eight or something like that where they were able to come back and um rally so i think they can put some runs up they just can't pitch on the days that they do so um it would be frustrating yeah the diamondbacks are a team that most should be talking to um because it's pretty clear they're not going anywhere when you looked at that looked at those guys. Did you see either one of them? You think either one of them would fit? Mm, I, I think he could find a fit for both of them. I mean, it's uh, the, um, you know, Marte is probably the better player, but he's also younger, um, more controllable. You know, Peralta has the track record with the Cardinals, which I feel, I wonder if that helps or hurts. But, you know, I take him in the lineup, you know, with somebody that uh, you that's consistent has been a consistent performer and that's that, that they need that kind of uh, bat in the lineup. And that, that's why I was, you know, pushing for Brantley so hard in the off season. Yeah. The, uh, you know, they, they don't hit doubles and that, and he does. And I think that would, I mean, it'd be a huge addition. I feel like, and that's, I feel like that's probably the route that they will go somebody like that. But, you know, that's another situation to where I, how much does his market change? as we get it, get closer to the deadline, you know, I question that, you know, I wonder, in, I mean, unless the Arizona is like, well, we're going to wait till we have more people bidding for this, but they've made trades before. I wonder how open that pipeline is, you know, but you know, isn't Hazen out right now? The GM, I, I think, think so. he has to take in a personal issue, but, but uh, that, I don't know how much I may be rambling on that. I know how, how much that may make a difference. I would personally like to get Peralta just because it's somebody different. Yeah, um, Peralta would seem to be. I'm gonna pull up roster con stuff here. I think we've looked. I think he's this year, next year. I'm, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Peralta is 2022. Okay, he's seven and a half this year, seven and a half next year, which is not bad. Um, and they increase $500,000 for each 150 days on the active roster. So if he stays healthy, he gets another half a million dollars. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a little bit, you could, you could probably do that. I, I think, um, and have a quality guy. Marte is also through 22, although they have club options for mm-hmm. 23 and 24 and they're at 10 and 12 million. So, 
probably and you could they have some options guaranteeing those options and things like that but um it would seem less likely to me again just after the face of it to to trade a guy like like Marte just because he's younger i think and has a little bit more control but it depends on what the Diamondbacks think they're going to yeah. do. I mean, they're they're really struggle right now, and it depends on if they think this is just the oh worst case scenario and everything's going to bounce back next year, or if this is a situation where they need to turn around and start rebuilding. And if that's the case, then you know anybody could be on the market. No, nah, that's true, and you, and you do wonder how much it's going to hurt. You know, what the Cardinals yeah. are going to have to give up, and it may hurt pretty significantly. It feels like if the Cardinals are going to do anything that's going to salvage this season, it's going to cost somebody. Whether it's a hitter, whether it's a pitcher, I mean, whatever they go after, one, everybody knows their yeah. need. Um, and two, I mean, until you get – I mean, I know that Mo's probably not going to make a move until, you know, July 27th. But, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to get anything of any kind of quality without losing – I don't know. I mean, I, I can't, boy, I hate to say they can't they can't make a quality move without losing a Gorman or a Thompson or I don't think they trade Libertor, and I don't think they trade Herrera. But you know, yeah. maybe they could do more than I think. But it, either that or they're taking on a whole lot of money. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's it's funny because you if they are it, to hear the we're not playing for this year. We you know it's for playing for the future as well. You've got to think the Libertor is pretty safe in that situation, and, and and I'm not completely convinced that we don't see Gorman this year at some point, or both. Yeah, you know, essentially. So, so I really don't know. I mean, Thompson is the low hanging fruit to me that would be the one that would get traded, just because he's got the college arm, he's close, and I feel like they've worried about some some injuries in the past couple of seasons, and I wonder if that would make him, yeah. you know, tradable. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I. I feel like it would hurt a little bit, and I mean, I'm not so certain DeYoung doesn't doesn't fit that, you know, it, it maybe fit that narrative a little bit of getting moved. The problem with DeYoung is just figuring out who would what would take him. Yeah, um, and that's the kicker. I it is interesting. Gorman, of course, had a really good week this week, and now he's hitting 300 with 10 homers at Springfield. I, I mean, what are the odds that they jump him? They they skip Memphis and bring him up to play second, and you know, hope that that's the bat that they need. I, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think the odds are long, and you know, yeah. what I mean, even after saying that, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm still. It's just one of those situations where it feels like they may have to do something pretty drastic if they're not willing to go outside the organization just to try something. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, and they know. Gorman well from the camp last year, the you know alternate site and all that kind of stuff. And they've got the metrics. They'll they probably have a better idea of whether that will um, translate to the big leagues. But that's asking a lot for a guy too, you know, to come up and say, okay, we expect you to be our you know number six hitter or whatever the case might be um, when he's only had 150 bat bats at Double A. Yeah, um, but. Uh, you know, they know the makeup. They know about him more than, than we do, but I can't, I have trouble seeing that, I guess, really, when I think about it. Um, you know, maybe he's one of the, remember, rosters expand in September, but they only expand by two spots. Yeah. Maybe he's one of those. Uh, of course, they got to get him on the 40 man, too, which is mm-hmm. 
doable, but that's that's not a big huge thing. But I don't know. I mean, that'd be interesting. It's something to watch because if he could, if he starts to look like he's got a real good handle on double A ball, um, if he has another couple weeks like he had this last week, um, you know, maybe maybe they do. Maybe they did. That is their desperation play. Well, and you know, it's one of those. It, to me, moves like that are exciting and and add a little juice to the to the roster. I just get frustrated, and I I mean I completely understand why trades are hard to pull right now. Right. I just get frustrated when you see like an Adamas move made out of Tampa Bay to Milwaukee, and it hasn't necessarily ignited Milwaukee, but it does show that you can pull in a starting player and and yeah. and add to and and build on a weakness that they felt like they had after they after they let uh, my names the short stuff that I like that he moved on. He's he's playing a triple A now long story short the, the defense first guy that always killed the Cardinals with a bat they moved on from him in the offseason and then they tried uh you know a couple of utility guys just to to see if they could hit and and make it work like the like the Brewers do play guys out of position a lot of times mm-hmm. and it didn't work so they go and get Adamus so these things can happen they just don't ever happen for the Cardinals yeah and maybe it is a different thing but well, I guess it was later than I thought. I was going to say that, you know, you talked about um, Chuck Finley, and I was starting to think that they had traded for him earlier on, but I should have known better because we are hitting that, well, what? It's tomorrow, right, is the anniversary of, of Daryl Call's passing. Um, I think Friday was the past. It's, it's that span in June, you know, the yeah. buck was on the 18th, if I remember right, Daryl Call on the 22nd. So it was after Kyle passed before they went and got him. They didn't get Finley until July nineteenth. I just I thought it was a little bit earlier than that. Um, so yeah, I it feels like it's you'd like to see them do something, and you know, in our heads, in our minds, it's like just just make them move. Yeah, it's gonna cost a little bit much, but you're getting two or three a month more of this pitcher or player. But it just didn't work that way, unfortunately. Um, you know, those it takes both sides and. The other side wants to stretch it out as much as they can so that people get desperate and, um, you know, or they'll ask for the moon now. And, you know, if you don't want to pay, you have to wait it out because you know that it won't cost that much. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of, it's almost to the point, and we've talked about this a lot too, that you have to win the trade. You have to get a good deal. You have to beat them on paper even if it means costing some time, costing some games on the field. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I completely understand. I mean, it's, it's one of those, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I, everything you said is true. You know what I mean? It, it, they probably are trying to make these kind of moves and, and talking to everybody that they can to get stuff done. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's just frustrating. It's a very frustrating time to be a Cardinals fan right now. And I felt like I was actually prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we kind of, uh, we didn't hope for it. We didn't necessarily think it would and the injuries have made it worse, but I think all of us had that. There was a non-zero chance that this was going to be a rough year. Um, even going into this because yeah, it was great to have Arenado added to the, the team, but you could also see ways where it would go south. You know, you and I sent a message this week. If they had gotten Jock Peterson as well, a lot of these problems are solved, right? If nothing else, he doesn't beat up on us every time that we, we play yeah. the Cubs, which is nice. But, 
you know, having that kind of guy that could have been that outfielder that could have played fourth outfielder, played occasionally, had power, that kind of thing was a need back then. We saw that as a need back then, and the club didn't want to address it because they thought they had all these outfielders, and, you know, now it's biting them. Yeah, it's kind of looked at, looked exactly like it has the last three years. Yep, pretty much. So, All right. Well, like I say, Alan and I will be back on Friday probably talking about some of the same <laughs> stuff. Um, if you've got ideas for us to talk about over the next couple of days, if there are points that we should um, address, if there's a, a player you want us to look at a little bit more in depth, we really need to get into something that we'll, I guess we'll wait and talk about it on Friday with Tommy Edmond and a leadoff spot, um, which is becoming a little bit more of a topic now. So we'll try to do that on Friday. But if there's other topics that you want, hit us up. You know our Twitters. I'm C70. That's a Medlock one. You can also uh, tweet at Meet Me at Mutual. Uh, let us know what you some ideas of what you want us to talk about on this next show this week. You know if we're cramming two shows together a little bit like this, so. Uh, give us some uh, give us some ideas. Um, otherwise, we just ramble on about the same stuff yeah. all the time. Uh, but uh, shoot us some some twitters, uh, tweets, or emails, or whatever, and uh, we'll see what we can do about at least starting on some of those topics as well. So, uh, until later this week, that is Alan. I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. Shooter from the belt to the plate, a swing and a miss, and that's a winner. That's a winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals!